What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Joined, as always, on a Friday, mellow, rocking that super clean Stick to Football quarter zip. You look good. Well, I, I missed out on the Instagram Live stuff with you and Connor rocking all your BR stuff and Stick to Football, so I figured I'd do it for this fine Friday morning. You look great. You don't sound great. No, it's okay. A little bit sick today, but that's all right. I'm going to power through because I love you guys. Power through to a good show, man. We're going to do our top five two-sport athletes of all time. Dion ain't on my list. We're going to get Dexter Williams, the Notre Dame running back on the show. We're going to talk to him uh, about his process, about the four-game suspension that he just had to go through this past year. And then we're going to close it out with your guys' draft out draft questions. But Mello, we're recording this on Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day. I didn't get you anything. Thank you. Uh, uh, my present is my present. I'm going to buy you dinner when okay. we're done here. So, actually, I got you more than I got my girlfriend, so take that. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't listen anymore. It's okay. Um, but I have a present for all of our listeners. March 2nd, free meetup, Indianapolis, Indiana. That is like two, two weeks company. away. We yeah, are it getting is. It's close. Two weeks away. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. 5 p.m. It's 21 plus. We just found this out today. Indiana's liquor laws are a lot different than Missouri's. So it is 21 plus. If you have registered and you're under 21, send us a DM. We're going to make it up to you. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get something going for you guys. I know that we do Chucky have a lot of cheese, a lot of people that are not 21, and that is completely okay with us. No age limit here on Stick to Football. Yep, no ageism on Stick to Football, but we are going to have fun at Too Deep if you're over 21. They make beer. It's good beer. We're going to drink some of it. We're also going to talk a lot of football. Uh, we'll be talking. This is the middle of the combine. That same day is the day the quarterbacks throw on the field at Lucas Oil. You come ask us. We're going to break it down for you. So come out, hang out with us. If you're not near Indianapolis, two weeks later, March 14th, we're going to be in Nashville on spring break. We are taking a day off of our vacation yep. to hang out with you guys. Honey That's Fire Barbecue. You are. you are that important. Honey Fire Barbecue. If, if you want to make yourself hungry, I've done this. It's torture. Go to their Instagram. And yeah. My mouth's watering. Just go to their Instagram and look at their food. You will hate yourself. And it is all ages, correct? It, it is, is not a restaurant. A it's a restaurant, all ages. Everyone's welcome. March 14th is a Thursday night in Nashville. Yeah. Two weeks after that, March 30th, Kansas City, Missouri. We're going to be in the Royals parking lot tailgating before the weekend opener against the Chicago White Sox. The tailgate is free. All of our t- All of these events are free. But you have to buy a ticket to the game. We're not providing those, unfortunately. So, no. but our good friends at Boulevard Mellow, I just found out today, they're hooking us up with multiple free cases of beer. And I'm multiple. sure if we run out, they will bring some more. They have done us. it before. So, Boulevard beer in the parking lot for me and you, uh, none of our listeners, because we can't give away beer. But you and I will have plenty of it. It's going to be a great time. So, but maybe I'll pour some beer for myself, and I'll just happen to leave them <laughs> next to you. If you steal my beer, that's whatever. You could scourge them. All right, let's get into the show. A lot of news to talk about, man, and it starts here. And like, there are six or seven note, news notes here that we could have started with. But I want to start with this one. We had to do an emergency Instagram live that you talked about. The Broncos trade for Joe Flacco. What does this mean for Drew Locke? I wanted to get your take on it because Connor and I broke it down. The one time my hair probably looked better than his. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Jim. Uh, for my opinion, I actually, I don't think this changes anything for Drew Locke. I think they are still in play for Drew Locke. Now they just pair him with a veteran. I, I think they have to do quarterback of the future. Joe Flacco cannot play forever. I still think the Broncos are still after a quarterback in this draft. They can't keep just kicking that rock down the road. Eventually, you're going to have to find yourself a quarterback. And for me, Joe Flacco ain't it. 
So if they do, if they decide to run with Joe Flacco, congratulations to the Chiefs. You're going to win the <laughs> yeah. AFC for the can, the future. You're like the Patriots now of the NFC, AFC East. So yeah. I don't know about Joe Flacco being my franchise quarterback. He's 34. He hasn't played well in about four years. So there's that. And they're taking on most of that money. Yeah, man, mistaken. that has to be restructured somehow. Uh, Got to be, I would think. So hopefully. If not, they're idiots. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they didn't give up much to get him, which is fourth round pick. Another yeah. reason why I still think Drew Locke is going to be in play, or even if it's not Drew Locke, if another team falls in love with him, I think that what this does change is maybe the Broncos aren't in a hurry to trade up now. Maybe they do let a guy fall to them, which I don't know that I agree with that anymore. Yeah, and and to be clear, they had two two fourth round picks. They gave their fourth round pick. To Baltimore, they still have Houston's, so they still have a fourth. So just if you're keeping tabs at home. Cliff Kingsbury, Mello, one of our favorite guys. Uh, I think he listens to Stick to Football because oh, we have been fanning the flames of they're going to draft Kyler Murray. So he comes out and holds a press conference, and here's what he, he says, and I quote, Josh is our guy. Yeah. Whew. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dot. Dot, 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 dot. Dot, 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 dot. I mean, of course he is. Yeah, for now. For now. For now, he is. Uh, so, Cliff, welcome to the show. Uh, you can come on anytime you want, and you and Connor can have a hair off. Um, fine with that. You and Melo could have a throw off. I'd actually pay to watch that. <laughs> uh, I think I might have him. I think you might too. It's been so, a minute, but I think you got him. Here's what I'm going to say about this because people on Twitter got mad at me. The senior VP of communications for the Cardinals trolled me on Twitter, bringing up a tweet from like 2010 where a scout had told me that they were going to draft Matt Barkley, whatever draft that was. Okay, so a scout was wrong, and I report. I, a scout told me something I told Twitter. That's obviously my fault. Uh, so that guy is upset. <laughs> and I'm just going to say this. I will stop talking about Kyler Murray to the Cardinals as soon as people in the NFL stop telling me it's going to fucking happen. Like, that's right. my job. My job is to take information from teams Sort it, vet it, figure out what's true, and then tell you guys. So this isn't like one guy in the NFL says Kyler Murray to the Cardinals at one. It's like 17 people in the NFL who have nothing to gain by saying it. They have the number one pick. It does not help anyone to lie about what they want to do. Yeah, they don't have to bluff unless they really plan on trading back. And I don't think that's going to happen with pick number one. You know what I... I'm just going to, this happens in the NFL. I'm not saying it is happening, but this does happen where a team comes out and says, no, we love X player because mm-hmm. that keeps their value high. Like if I wanted to trade for True. Landon Collins, well, the Giants don't want to come out and say, no, we fucking hate the guy. Give us a seventh round pick. No, they're going to say, we love Landon Collins. We're going to put the franchise tag on him. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. And I think you could be right here. I'm not going to steer away from this Kyler to the Cardinals thing until like draft night until they've picked. Yeah, I was completely wrong. Did not <laughs> think the Browns were going to take Baker Mayfield. Guess what? They did. So until I hear they've gone in a different direction, I will still have Kyler Murray tied to them because you're right. There's just too much buzz going on around it. Too many scouts talk to other scouts and it just happens. Word gets out and their coaches even talked about it in the past, how much he loves Kyler. So there's just, there's a lot going on there for me to, just put it aside and say, no, that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's a lot of smoke surrounding this one. 
Up next, speaking of smoke, I love Jay Glazer. Like, I, I really enjoy him as a person, as an analyst, as a tweeter. And he uh, wrote an article for The Athletic, who, if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, you definitely should, because I, I think they do a great job. Um, he, he wrote an article about uh, bold predictions. And one of his bold predictions was that the Giants would trade Odo Beckham Jr. And it kind of took off. But what I want to do is expand on that. Let's say that it's maybe true, okay? Where would Odell actually be able to go? Because he's it would cost the Giants a ton of money to trade him. You could move it and make it like a post-June 1 thing, but you're taking that hit eventually, whether it's this year or next. You're going to get hit. So the Jets could obviously take on that salary, right. but you're not trading. You're not going to help the Jets if you're the Giants. No, because even though it's not like in division, it's still like a rivalry so I don't think he's staying in New you York. You know who could take on that salary? <laughs> I don't know, Matt. Who? The San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, they could. I mean, so that's could the Colts, but, you know. Not as exciting for no, you. I know. It does nothing for me. Antha Oreo just had to go change so, his pants after that. Here's my actual theory. Here's what would work. The Cleveland Browns have the third most cap space. Okay. Who's Odo Beckham Jr.'s best friend? Yes, yeah, Jarvis Landry, who also plays for the Cleveland Browns. So my new conspiracy theory, Mello, <laughs> the Browns trade their number two pick and Emmanuel Agba for Odo Beckham Jr. Do you think that's all it would take for? No, it would take so much more than that. Like I think <laughs> they would, would, take they would have to give up pick 17. I do think that he would get a first round return. Yeah, they would. It would be 17. But I would do it. It would be 17. Uh, maybe a Three, it's Khalil Mack territory, probably. Right, and which was two ones, but a two came back, so it was basically like a one and a two. I think that's what it would be. I think it have to be a one and a two, but maybe a two goes back or some similar situation. But I, so if you're the, I don't hate it. If you're the Browns, would you trade? So that ends up being seventeen, and in the second round they pick at forty nine. I, I would want to do some really good interviewing with him to see how that pairing's going to go. Putting him back with Jarvis Landry, is that a good fit, or is this like a a situation where two friends don't drive each other? I know sometimes you put two guys in a room, and they're going to compete, and they're going to push each other, and then sometimes you put two guys in a room, and they're like, oh, we're already good. Let's go slack off, do our own thing. I think Odell Beckham's got enough drive. Same with Baker. Put him around those two guys, Jarvis Landry, Baker My Mayfield. God. They're a playoff team. Plus Kareem Hunt, if he gets next year, maybe that's a damn good. Can team. I? I have so many takes. Number one, Kareem Hunt is the best player on the Browns' offense right now. If yeah, if he's, if he's, if on, he's the field, on the field, he's a he's very talented player. player. I like Baker. I like Jarvis Landry. Kareem Hunt is the best player on their offense. Ooh. Second point: If they could trade for Odo Beckham Jr., I would pick them to win the AFC North. Oh, easily. Like, like they might do it anyway. Done. Oh yeah. yeah, if they get if they get Odell Beckham, then I think it's over for everybody in the AFC North. I would be like a a closet Browns fan. Man, I almost was last year. We were doing our bit where like pitch me your favorite team. I still almost was after they even drafted Baker Mayfield, just because yeah. I love Denzel Ward so much. And he's so fiery. Like if it's not directed at you, it's kind of funny. If he didn't go to Oklahoma, I'd probably like him. Yeah. Can I read a Jay Glazer tweet? tweet? Oh, I so haven't pulled out it. Too. So yeah. he uh, he wrote this article, Bold Predictions, and it blew up because he's plugged in. Do you want to read it or you want me to read no, it? No, go for it. So he tweets this, and I, this is what I want to tweet every time I post a mock draft. 
And I quote, uh, if you have kids in the car, turn it off for about 20 seconds. Okay, ready? One, two, three. For all you fuck sticks who spewed shit at me, my kid, my mom, my mom's kid, my kid's mom, my head size, body size, intelligence, my mom's intelligence, all because I made a prediction about your team today. Save your ridiculous fucking insults for shit that matters in life. Three, two, one. And you can come back. back. So, <laughs> wow. I love the fact when he goes, my kid's mom, my mom's kid, which is yeah, also him. him. Yeah, that's great. Though. And this is right. Like, he's just reporting stuff that he hears. Yeah. Very similar to what you do. And then people say, like, oh, this is at NFL Draft Scout's opinion. This is at Jay Glazer's opinion. No, it's just the news that other people are sharing with you guys. It's not Jay Glazer coming out and saying, well, if I'm the Giants, I'm going to trade Odell Beckham. I hate him. He's a piece of shit. It's just what he's hearing. And there might not be a guy in the world that's more tuned in with the New York Giants than Jake right. Blazer is. Yeah. Like, he has been there since, like, day one almost. Got his gig going with the New York Giants. So if he's reporting that they might trade him, I think there's a lot to that. And maybe it is true. All right. Moving on. I love Jay Glazer. Jalen Ferguson. A player we've talked about, he's been our prospect of the day on Instagram, had his combine offer yanked. So when you uh, accept a combine offer, they basically run like a background check on you. Not basically, they do. They run a background check. His, it came up that as a freshman in college, so he's 18 years old, he got in a fight at McDonald's. (laughs) And because of that fight, he pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge of simple battery. And he paid a fine that was like 189 bucks. Okay? You're 18. You get a little heated. Shit happens. Fast forward five years, he cannot go to the NFL Combine because this is a violent charge in his background. Now, I'm not, I don't want to uh, come across like I'm pointing fingers at someone else to, to make one guy look okay. Dakota Allen, the linebacker from Texas Tech, he is going to the scouting combine. He was kicked out of Texas Tech because he was arrested for armed robbery. Yeah. Armed robbery. Go to the combine. Watch Last Chance You. He admitted to it. Too. Simple battery. So, yeah, I did it. Don't go to the combine. He popped a dude in the McDonald's. And I don't. He did, didn't hold up the McDonald's. Right. Did we even hear a reason? Like maybe some, the other guy started this shit. I don't want to get into like allegedly. He said she's. I have heard, but it's not substantiated. So I I don't want to be like. That is oh. a, it's a tough look though. Like the NFL is so inconsistent. And I think that's what pisses fans off. We don't know what a catch is anymore. We don't know what kind of things are going to get you kept out of the combine. Just have some transparency with us. Tell us what's going on behind the scenes. Tell us why. Just a black line. You can't do this. You can't do that. Doesn't it seem like there should be a governing body that looks at everything individually and says, okay, uh, Preston Williams, uh, assault against a woman. Jeffrey Simmons, assault against a woman. We saw the video. You can't come to the combine. Jalen Ferguson, you punched a dude in a McDonald's when you were 18. Okay. It's a misdemeanor. Right. Like, how are you the NFL, and you can't have somebody sitting in that big glass tower in New York who can just be objective and just look at this and say, these two things are not the same. Yeah, and take it back to the Dakota Allen thing. Like The other guys, they messed up, and they should not be at the combine, in my opinion. But you're going to let Dakota Allen in but not Jalen Ferguson. And this is really going to hurt his stock. I think it's going to push him probably. He's he was a fringe first round. Yeah. It's going to push him out. He's a second, third round guy now. And not anything with traits or talent. It's because he's not at the combine. And I know like, I've talked to a ton of people about this. Uh, scouts, agents. Agents are pissed about this. 
And one thing that they've said is this doesn't like this doesn't help because Jalen Ferguson is still going to get drafted. And let's throw it back to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was not invited to the combine. And this was, I believe, before the policy was at least public. He was not invited. Tyreek Hill is a player the NFL promotes and features. Oh, yeah, all so the time. how are you going to, if Jalen Ferguson becomes an 18-sack player a year in the NFL like he was in college, are you telling me they're not going to promote him because he had a simple battery charging his 18? Of course they are. Oh, for sure. Ezekiel Elliott gets promoted. Oh, and he's done a, a lot of stuff that's not like on record or out there. Ben Roethlisberger gets Ooh. promoted. Like, to me, it's just, it's the hypocrisy of the NFL. If you were going to, like... You can't have 1,700 players and expect them all to be choir boys. But, like, the only thing is, like, you know what? They don't want to ruin their reality TV show that is the Combine. They don't want our buddy Daniel Jeremiah to have to say, yeah, there's Jalen Ferguson who, when he was 18, knocked a dude out in a McDonald's. Like, I get that. But just be, just own it. Just say, you know what? This is like The Bachelor. We don't want a girl who's, you know— been in prison before on the show. That you know what they should just take it and make it like The Bachelor. Make them do the interview process, do the cocktail party, and then at the end of the night, we'll figure out who gets a rose and who, who gets goes rose. to the combine. I know a guy who would host it if they need anybody. So just saying. Uh, all right, uh, wait, st- more news. Still more news. Antonio Brown requested a trade uh, similar to the Odo Beckham Jr. conversation. Where would you like to see him land? I know. I I'm gonna want every receiver to go to San Francisco, right? And I think that would be a logical option too. My favorite pick for him, though, the Seattle Seahawks, which I don't want to see because Niners fan here. But the Seahawks need receivers. He would be such a great fit for them and the Indianapolis Colts, and they have the salary to do it. Yeah, I don't think they would trade it within the AFC even. If yeah, I'm the Steelers, like I'm, I'm trying to be a Super Bowl contender every year. That Colts team looks very good. I'm not trading them, Antonio Brown. So it's probably he's going to the West Coast. Yeah, which is very good news for you. Great news for me. Yeah, but I like that fit with the Seahawks, too. I think pair him with that locker room, maybe get him back on track where he was for a very long time. Very good receiver. Do they have the cap space to fit him? I, there's There are cap wizards out there. Yeah, you can make it work. You you can always make it work. And, so I don't think that would be I mean, be the issue. Niners definitely can make it work. Like I said, they're right now projected to have the fifth most cap space. The Seahawks are the eighth. Now the Seahawks have to figure out Frank Clark. So that's going to cut into that, but you can make it work. You can front load it. You can back load it. Yeah. In the return for him, we've talked about before, maybe like a second round pick. I do think, and I know everybody's like, it's just a speeding ticket, but the more his name is in the news negatively, I think that diminishes his value. It shows poor character. It's just a repeated yeah. knucklehead often, so I don't know. But I do think second-round pick, 49ers, if I'm a 49ers fan, I know you are, I'd be happy with that, especially with how they've drafted. You know they're not going to find somebody in the draft. Might as well take Antonio Brown. Yeah, no, I'd be all about that. Last bit of news, Mello, and you're going to have to clue me in on this one. Blake Carringer, apparently a recruiting prospect we need to get excited for. Yeah, because he's like a three-star out of Tennessee Guys got offers from Alabama and a lot of other universities that we're not naming. So very excited about him. He's a 2020 prospect. However, dude doesn't even exist. He's not a real person. Not only is he a fake prospect, he doesn't exist at all. There was a group on Twitter who created this guy, said he was a three-star prospect, 6'6", 300 pounds out of Tennessee with an Alabama offer. Sites like Rivals and 24-7 
started ranking this guy. And he got a lot of buzz until it comes out today on Valentine's Day. Thank you. They got catfished. And he is Hard. not real at all. I, I think it's hilarious because you do, you visit these sites and everybody says like, do you look at recruiting when we analyze these guys in the draft? Nope. And here's why. You can get a fake player who used a different guy's picture who doesn't really exist. And he's a three-star prospect with supposedly Alabama offers. I love this news. I think it's going to really shake up the way that things get. People get ranked for like rivals in 24-7. I, th- I will tell you this terrifies me as draft analysts because, you know, like one of my biggest oh, yeah. fears is missing a player. Like maybe we accidentally delete a row in our database or maybe there's just a small school guy we haven't heard of. So one thing that I'm neurotic about, I will ask scouts constantly, hey, look at my list. Am I missing anyone? And I'm so afraid that one of these days somebody's just be like, yeah, this guy. And I'm just going to like, you know, take them at their word and put their name in the database before we get a chance to right. look at them. Yeah. And you'll do like Although your seven round have, mock drafts. Right. Put we wouldn't rank them beforehand. You know, it would be like a major like data entry error if they got ranked. Definitely wouldn't consider them a, a 24-7 composite, a three-star uh, with, he was the 35th best player in Tennessee. Uh <laughs> oh my god this you, you gotta be pissed if you're in tennessee or if you're one of the other 2020 high right? school high school guys like you got people that aren't even real ranked ahead of me like screw you ranking system. and i do think these guys have i think my job is hard they have a very hard job oh i can't even imagine like just all the guys that you have to keep up with yeah there's that is why here at stick to football we have not not even <sighs> tried to cover recruiting no not gonna happen all right, guys, we told you we were going to have great interviews uh, as many times as we can up up until the draft, and we have a great one. Notre Dame running back Dexter Williams, uh, a player who was not on my radar when the summer started. Mellow, and like two weeks into the season, I was like, oh, my God, who's this running back for Notre Dame? Dexter, thanks for joining us, dude. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so first things first, man, uh, the, that Notre Dame helmet is iconic. Even just seeing you guys at the Senior Bowl, it's like that helmet – Pops, I've been to, to South Bend to scout some games. What does it feel like to put that helmet on for the first time? I mean, to put that golden helmet on, knowing that you're the only team with the golden helmet and it actually has real gold in it. So uh, it means a lot. It's definitely a, a big tradition that uh, runs through Notre Dame. And just putting on that helmet, it's just, just putting on that helmet just means a lot. You're going out not just to play for your teammates, but just the university, uh, all the alumni, everyone who's just basically came through Notre Dame and all the greats, and you just want to be able to uh, hold that helmet high at, uh, at the end of Saturday night. So what was it like getting that letter that Notre Dame was recruiting you? Was that a pretty exciting time for you? Uh, yeah, it was definitely very exciting because uh, Notre Dame is like one of the prestigious colleges uh, that I know. Uh, and um, when I first got the offer, uh, I believe Tony Alford, uh, he asked, uh, Tony Alford, he offered me. And um, basically, he just got me, a, uh, he got a lot of Florida boys up there. So I, before anything, I was just wondering, like, is there a lot of Florida guys out there? Because I didn't want to go far from home and uh, and there wasn't no Florida guys. So basically, uh, he got me up and he showed me that was a couple of Florida guys that were on the team. And uh, he got me up there and I had a sister there. It was just a great experience. I fell in love with the school, fell in love with the tradition, and I just knew Notre Dame was the right place for me. 
What's that like going from That's that what I was gonna say. nice weather in Florida to up to Indiana where it's getting pretty cold up there? Yeah, it, it, it was definitely a, a hard decision because coming from Florida to coming from Florida to South Bend is just it's a hard transition because I'm coming from the nice warm weather to the cold and um a lot of things that played a role in my uh, process just going to Notre Dame was just a lot of I know a lot of NFL teams were uh, playing, uh, they were uh, stationed in the cold. So I knew that I had to get, that was something I was going to have to get used to, just playing in the cold. And then uh, my mom, she really wanted me to get away from home. So I just took that advice and I was just like, I'm going to go far away from home. And then if I left home, I wanted to be up on the Florida team. So Florida State and Miami, I knew that Notre Dame would play those two. So I would get a chance to pay a lot of my friends. So I couldn't turn down the offer and I just took it and I felt like it was the right place for me. Had you ever seen snow before you went to South Bend? Because that, like you said, you're from Orlando, not a lot of snow. South Bend, that wind starts coming off the lake, you get some snow. What was that like for you? It was tough. Like, the first time I took my picture was the first time I seen snow. Wow. When I realized living in the snow was like a whole different, like, lifestyle. Living in the snow, having to walk through the slush, having to just uh, wear a lot of clothes bundled up. Each and every day, making sure you stay warm. It was something that I wasn't used to. So I just like my freshman year, it was very rough. It was hard, but and I almost wanted to go home because it was so cold. But I stuck it out, and um, I I got used to it, adjusted to it very well. And I feel like the cooling is not that bad. But at the same time, I do prefer the heat. <laughs> just wait till if you have to drive in the snow. If you think walking in is bad, man, driving in it is absolutely terrible. Uh, talk a little bit about what's that nightlife like at Notre Dame. <laughs> I can tell you that one. Like, honestly, it, for me, it seems like, oh, it's Notre Dame. It would be like a laid back, classy. Is that the is that the deal or is there a little more to it? Um, it's like kind of laid back, classy, uh, something like that. But at the same time, uh, South Bend is kind of a, a very, like, popping place. So it's not a lot that's going on there. But at the same time, we find things to do. A lot of our teammates, uh, we hang out. We pretty do much a lot of hanging out together and just having people over at our houses and stuff. But other than that, it's not really much to do. But at the same time, it's a football uh, it's a football time. So when football is around, it's like everything is going on. But when football is not going on, it just seems like it's, it's a little bit dead, but not too dead. I went to South Bend for a USC game a couple of years ago, and I was like there on a Friday night. It's like, oh, I'll go find some some trouble to get in. The only thing open was an Applebee's, so don't you don't have to lie, man. It's 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 been it's not great out there. So one thing we have to ask you about, and I know teams are going to ask you about it uh, when you get to the combine. You had to miss four games this year. How much has that come up when you have talked to teams at the Senior Bowl and as you start getting into this process? Is that something you're prepared to to talk about when you do get to Indy? Yeah, it's something I've been prepared for. Uh, just like uh, my agent son, yeah, it's helped me out a lot. Everyone through our uh, epic uh, agents and also uh, just with uh, just being at Notre Dame is preparing me for questions like this. And uh, it's something that I've been prepared for. And I got a little taste of it at the Senior Bowl, just being around a lot of those coaches and uh, NFL teams. They ask me a lot of questions and they're expecting me to uh, be straightforward and tell the truth. So it's not something I have a problem doing. It's, uh, it's just the problem is just really just moving past it because it seems like, man, you're getting asked the same question over and over. And uh, it it kind of gets a little boring because the interviews are the same and the same over and over. 
But other than that, um, it's actually not been such a, uh, a tussle with me. I'm, I'm learning to just be able to speak and just tell them about my problems that I had for missing the, four, the first four games and uh, just keep it moving. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, it's good that you know that you're going to get asked those things, right? And and probably ask those things about some of the your fellow teammates that you were with uh, when when it you know went down the thing that led to the suspension. So uh, it, it's good that you're ready for that. What was the Senior Bowl like? I mean, you, you some highlights from being a week in Mobile, probably getting back down to that weather that you're used to a little bit, but also having the chance to compete with some of the best running backs in the country and against some of the best defenders in the country. What was that process like for you? Uh, it was definitely a good process because just from the day that I, I got off the plane and was just uh, loading the bus with all those guys, it was just like, man, I seen this guy on TV, man, I seen this guy, man, I'm sitting next to this guy, and it's like, wow, like I'm actually a part of a part of like these top players across the country, and just coming from like nobody not knowing, you, like a lot of people knowing your name, it actually feels good, and then me. Myself just being a big competitor, I just love competing against the best. Like, whoever it may be, I love competing against and just to be surrounded by, like, some of the best backs in the country uh, and just having them at the Senior Bowl and just being around some of the best athletes in the country, the best defensive line, best offensive line, just all different positions, just all across the board. It's just like you're going against the best. You just want to prove to everyone that you are the best, that you can do everything that – um Coaches ask for, and you're that that guy that um that needs to be drafted. So it was a great process. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot, and also it was fun. I embraced it all because it was my first and uh, my first time doing something like this and being invited to something this big, such as the Senior Bowl. And it was just like, wow, this is just a moment that I have to be so uh, thankful for and just see it as a big blessing. I think you walked away with some hardware too, if I'm not mistaken. You won Practice Player of the Week. For running backs at the scene. Yeah. yeah. So what are you up to now? What are you doing to get yourself ready for the combine? Oh, so right now I'm at IMG Academy and I'm just getting ready. Uh just basically just working a lot of combine drills, working on my forty shuttle, whatever needs to be worked on, just trying to touch up a lot of things. Right now I'm in the recovery stage because I've been going at it for maybe about five, six weeks now. And uh we have two more weeks left till till I leave, so it's just a lot of pounding and pounding now. It's just time to let my body recuperate and just recover. And uh, I'm just really just going through that phase of just like being, uh, just being that player that I need to be when it's time for the combine. And uh, just really just eating good. Like you have to be on a, a good diet. So that was something that was new to me because I wasn't a person that stayed on a diet. I was just I would eat anything because I just love food. But other than that, uh, just staying on a diet. And uh, just being ready each and every day, and uh, it's just—it's like more of an individual now that uh, that you're going to the NFL and just preparing for this draft and the combine. It's like—it's not—it's not much as a team no more. It's just like man, it's like you as an individual, you have to be able to be accountable at all times. So that's one thing that I'm learning throughout this process, and I'm just happy just going through this whole process and just embracing it all. All right, well, I know you're probably a huge fan of the Stick to Football podcast. You probably listen to every episode. Uh, what I've been doing here recently is I've been asking a lot of these guys that are getting ready for the Combine, you've probably never seen me. Do you think you could do more bench reps than me, though? <laughs> That's something I'm working on a lot. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm, I plan on just uh, getting 21st um, on the uh, 225 test. So that's something I've been working on a lot. 
All right, I think I can put up like two reps, so you're, you're probably safe. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Then I got you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Probably got me in the 42, so that's all right. Yeah. Well, one of you will be playing running back in the NFL next year. The other is going to be hosting a podcast. So. And I also have no problem at all eating any food that's in front of me. But we do, So we do have that in common. All right, man. We we definitely appreciate your time, dude. We know you're busy training, uh, You know, getting ready to, to go for the combine. We wish you the best of luck, and we'll see you out there in Indy. So hopefully uh, we'll be catching you after you, you tear it up out there, man. Thanks again. Thank you. I appreciate your time. I don't want to skip Bayless here, Mello, but back in the day, I was uh, a really bad two-sport athlete. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend I was some great high school player and then people do research and find out I only played as a freshman and only on the freshman team. Where I did rotate as the starting point guard, there were six of us on that team. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a true story. There were six of us. Yeah, and two of you were role players. <laughs> yeah, I definitely was. I was there. I was the speed guy and the foul guy. Yeah, that guy at the end of the game. Like, yeah, we're down 10. Let's put Miller back in. Just chase the ball. How many fouls you got left, Matt? Five, coach. Okay, get back in. Going to need all five of them tonight. The reason I bring that up, I don't know where I went with that, is our top five this week is two sport athletes. Right, and I'm just over here messed up on cold medicine. So that's a great episode for us here. Great episode. So we're going to go the best two sport athletes of all time. It is your week to flip a coin. I got got Wyoming over here. let's Let's get crazy. Let's both flip it. I bet it's tails for both of us. Ready? One, two, three. I dropped mine on the floor. (laughs) Let's just say it's tails. It is tails. It's tails. It's always tails. Tails never fails. So best two sport athletes of all time. I get the first pick and I'm going to do something crazy here. I'm going to take Bo Jackson. (laughs) Oh, okay. I know you thought. I was like, oh my God, is he going to take Tim Tebow? No, I thought you were going to take somebody else that's very high on my list. I don't think you can hate against the Bo Jackson thing. The guy was a pro in the NFL, and then was an MVP of the All-Star Game for our Kansas City Royals. One second. My quarter was also a tails. I got it because it fell. It was also (laughs) tails. So there it is. Tails never fails. So yeah, Bo Jackson, number 16 for the Royals. And unfortunately, career cut too short because of the hip injury that he suffered playing football. But what he was in college, what he was for that brief moment when he was a two-sport guy was just unstoppable and unfortunately i'm just a little bit too young to have seen him because right. in baseball and he played baseball longer than football but it was like the late 80s to maybe 1990 in football so i just missed out on it and this is why people all the time tell you don't let your kids specialize in a sport because you might be the bo jackson of your era where you can play multiple sports like don't let it your kids do it. Your body needs that recovery time from a sport. You need to learn how to use different muscle groups. But can you imagine if Bo Jackson would have specialized, if he would have just picked one a sport? Oh, God. He would, Hall of Famer. He'd been the best running back of all time. If he wouldn't have gotten injured, if he would have just played football, best running back of all time. My, I used to love coming home from school, and I would turn NFL films. It used to be on ESPN. Oh, yeah. And he would get those like granule highlights. He had a 91-yard touchdown run against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, and that was, like, one of the most, like, iconic plays growing up. I feel like uh, the coaches on the program, that 91-yard kick return you had against Taft was one of the best runs I've ever seen. So I do wonder now if Malik Carney has watched the program yet. I don't know. We need to, <laughs> I need to follow yeah, up on that. need to get back to him on that one because that's very important yeah. for us to know. You're up. All right, I'm up, and there are a lot of guys that I can take, but I've, i I got to take this one first. You talk about draft capital and, like, I got to take Pat Mahomes. <laughs> I don't want to risk losing he was him. Next. <laughs> okay. I don't want to risk losing him later 
in the round. So I'm taking him right here first off the board. Talk about Bo Jackson might be the best running back of all time. We might be looking at the best quarterback of all time in Pat Mahomes. Hot tick. Once he brings my Kansas City Chiefs, not one, not two, not three, not four, like 10 Super Bowls in his career. We also saw this dude. I don't know if you knew this, Matt. He's a baseball player. I had heard pretty rumors. damn good baseball player. And we also watched him ball on the court, too. Phenomenal athlete. So I'm taking Pat Mahomes right here in my first pick. One of the things that always surprises me most about Pat is like when you see him in person, like he doesn't. Sorry, I know he listens. Sorry, Pat, but you don't look like an athlete. Like he, <laughs> he looks like a, but not like a great athlete, like a three sport stud who could be, you know, playing at a high level no matter. I think he could have played hockey and been great. Like, oh, for sure. He's just an athlete. So I, I played against this dude in high school. He went to a different school and we were playing pickup ball before I ever really knew him. And I was like, I'll guard him. Like, same body type, same height. Like, I'm good. I can guard that guy. Turns out he was a phenomenal athlete, went on to play college basketball, didn't look like one at all. But the dude was like all state in three different sports. Probably the same thing with Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, so you've, com- I really thought I was going to sneak him in. Oh, I thought I could no. go Bo Jackson and then sneak in Mahomes. Like, that was my whole strategy. So I'm a little shook right now because I'm not taking Deion Sanders. It's not going to happen. Oh, I know. He's going to be my last yeah. pick. So I'm going to go he- I'm going to go Russell Wilson. Okay? what? Probably a top 10 quarterback right now. He was a fourth-round pick of the Colorado Rockies, and he actually still plays. I don't know if you know this. He still plays minor league baseball. Yeah, right? he'll be out there in a couple weeks at spring yeah. training. He's a Yankee, Yankee. now. Yeah, so. he's a Yankee. So, uh, yeah, he started doing that spring training last year. He's back at it this year. And – I know like there have been times people have been like, you don't like Russell Wilson. I like Russell Wilson a lot. Uh, he's someone I've spent a lot of time with, but his teammates I, his, don't. And I just feel like he, he gets a little overrated at times. So, but as an athlete, dude, special, he ran a four, five, five in the 40 at the, the combine had a great three cone, great short shuttle. He has one of the strongest arms I've ever Huge seen. Hands, like 10 and 10, a half yeah. inch hands it's a, at five eleven. Right, those are like Ben Roethlisberger's yeah. hands at five foot eleven. So, yeah, I'm all in on Russell Wilson. Yeah, I I think that's a great pick. He was he was on my board. He wasn't next. Um, let's just go ahead and do it. I'll get him out of the way. I know you hate him. I absolutely love him. Deion Sanders is a phenomenal athlete. I know the thirty for thirty came out with him. He was a lot more than a Didn't football player it. and a baseball player. Could have excelled on the track. Was dude could dunk the basketball too at like six foot tall. Great athlete. I know you're not going to take him, so I'll go ahead and get him out of the way. I think you have to include him on a two-sport athlete list. You do. He played baseball for nine years, uh, played in the NFL for 14, was the first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I always – here's the thing with Dion. if you're a new listener. I just don't think he's as good as people remember him being. I think the – it's like Joe Namath. Right, like Joe Namath wasn't that good, but you think of him as being His good because the personality, mm-hmm. the persona, the hype. I think that's Dion's kind of the same way. Well, I'll play devil's advocate with you because he he came around when like we were just starting to get into like the advertising, and he was a big personality. So mm-hmm. maybe a guy like Daryl Green was a little bit better, but he wasn't that flamboyant and Charles outspoken. Woodson. Yeah, same kind of guy, but you know with Champ Dion Bailey. I don't know. I still think he was great. I was also very young when he played, but you cannot deny the fact he was a great two-sport athlete. Yeah, he was okay. Uh, Up next, 
I'm going to go Kyler Murray. Thank you, because I didn't want to. Yeah, take- I know. And I, <laughs> I thought about taking him earlier. And here's the thing. With Kyler Murray, it's it's a lot of just potential. But he's going to be a top 10 pick in the MLB and NFL drafts, and that has never happened before. Ever. So you have to give him credit for that. Even if he flames out in the NFL and then tries to go back to baseball and it doesn't work, or vice versa, however it happens. The fact that you can be a top 10 pick in two sports is unreal. So I think it just is a credit to his overall athleticism. Oh, I completely agree. And you talk about Russell Wilson and his size and like what he's doing. It's the same dude. Kyler Murray is a little bit smaller. And he's can I still segue doing quickly? I remember saying and have said for a long time, I will never make the Russell Wilson mistake again. <laughs> I think people might be making the mistake again with Kyler. You think they're going to push him down? You no, know, he only had five balls batted down last scrimmage. Right. And I think college is a little bit different now because you do get these guys moving around. But I think we're going to start to see that in the NFL, too. That's why he's my QB one there. He has one question mark and it's his height. Yep. If he were six foot tall, we would never even think about not drafting him. Number one, I think the Cardinals would move off that pick or start move away from Josh Rosen and surefire take him if he's six foot tall. Yep. So Kyler Murray, and I hate you so much for my next pick. Yes. All right. I already put it in the dock, but this guy also excelled on the football field and was a very high draft pick in the MLB, which is where he is at right now. I'm going with Jeff Samarja. I loved him at Notre Dame. Thought we were going to have a great receiver prospect coming up through the draft, but no, the dude is an exceptional pitcher too. He's played a very long time in the MLB I know he was kind of with the Giants there for a little bit. I'm not sure if he still is because MLB and all their free agents are not signing. I loved him at Notre Dame. I kind of liked him with the Cubs, too, so I'm taking him right here. I wanted to take him. Instead, I'm going to draft. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. I'm going to take Michael Jordan. And (laughs) some people are going to say he was a terrible baseball player. True. But he was the greatest basketball player of all time, so I feel like it it swings. like It it covers that he wasn't good at baseball. No, I also I'm don't think he was as bad at baseball as we want to remember I mean, either. Dude played, played minor league baseball, but only for a year. Imagine if he had stuck with it. Exactly after not doing right. it for an incredible like amount 10 of ten years. Yeah, at least he didn't at North Carolina. He didn't throughout his early NBA career. No, I mean probably played in high school. I think that but. we as a human race don't like the idea that people can just be a super fucking Terminator athlete. No. So we're like, oh, Jordan sucked at baseball. Mm. He. Okay, he was getting pretty good before he decided to go back to basketball. I'm old enough to remember. Yeah, I think so, too. And I loved him in Space Jam. He wasn't that bad in baseball there. Yeah, great actor, too. That's probably where, like, that whole narrative came from. It's like, oh, he said he was bad at baseball in Space Jam. He must have been bad I'm so glad they haven't remade that with LeBron James, by the way. It's going to happen. I just, we put an air freshener in here because our room doesn't have windows, and I just tasted it. It's one of those automated, (laughs) like, spritzer things, which it scared the shit out of Melo earlier, but I just inhaled it, and it's 15 feet away, so I'm going to go die now. Well, at least you know that it's covering the whole room. It is. So that is nice. Let's go back to our baseball player talk, because I'm going to talk about a guy who is not playing very well in baseball right now, Tim Tebow. I know a lot of people hate him for a lot of different reasons. Talk about a RoboCop or what would you call him? Turbo Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. This dude could probably pick up any sport and just play. I watched him hit a golf ball. He can hit a baseball. Was a Heisman Trophy winner, two-time national champ, a ton of SEC records. He is an exceptional athlete, and the dude is built like a Greek god. Tim Tebow's got to be on my list. I actually think he's too big to play baseball. Like, he's too stiff. 
Right. I would love to see him try to, tr- and I'm not a baseball expert, but I would love to see him like lean out well, a little bit. DK Metcalf. Yeah. I haven't really talked about him. I think he's another guy who's just getting too bulky. You need that flexibility and really you need some fat to kind of help absorb some of those hits. Yeah. And I didn't see much fat on that body. No, I did not either. Next up for me, last pick, John Elway. I kind of <laughs> I buried this one a little bit. But yeah. uh, again, I, I think folks forget that because he never played Major League Baseball, but he was a great baseball player in college back in the day. He was a second round pick. Uh, by the Yankees and had the option. Do I want to play baseball or do I want to play football? And he told the Baltimore uh, Colts at the time, I don't want to play for you. If you draft me, I will go play for the Yankees. Instead, uh, he ends up a Denver Bronco and the rest is history. But uh, he was a player, the number one pick in football and a second round pick in baseball, which for a long time was like incredibly rare. Like Honestly, I think if he would have really like pulled the Kyler and been like, yeah, I'm going to go play baseball. I think he would have been a very high baseball pick too and wouldn't have fell to the second yeah i think the yankees were just kind of like well just in case he was drafted six spots ahead of tony gwynn in one season of class a hit 318 with four homers in 42 games yeah so pretty good it's like mickey mantle (laughs) maybe not mickey mantle's like my favorite baseball player of all time that's why i went there all right i'm up last pick of our two-way sports athletes there are a lot of names left on my list here I could go with a guy like Joe Maurer, who I think a lot of people know was a great quarterback prospect. He was on my list, yeah. I'm not going to go with him. Could go, I could go with a guy, Todd Helton, who was also a great quarterback. Tennessee. Exactly. I'm not going to go with either of those. I stumbled upon a new two-way athlete that I want to talk about, Frank Thomas. I had no idea until this week that Frank Thomas was also a two-sport athlete. So I actually knew that. He was a... Yep. Full ride scholarship tight end to Auburn. Where they know a little bit about two sport athletes. <laughs> yeah. And their coach even said, like, I coached a lot of great athletes. Frank Thomas might have been the best one of all time. He also coached Bo Jackson. So Frank Thomas here, I think I got to mention him. I got to give him some love. I loved the big hurt. He was one of my yeah. favorite baseball players. And for him to go full ride scholarship to Auburn and then walk onto the baseball team and then make that a future is great. I would have loved to have seen him at tight end. Oh, my God. He would be 6'5", 280 in I was going to ask era. you how big he was. With his ability to move and like hand-eye coordination. Ozzie Newsome. Yeah, it would have been special, but I think he's probably okay with You know who I'm surprised you didn't pick? Ricky Williams. No, he was on my list, too. I mean, he was like a very good baseball prospect. Yep, drafted in the eighth round. Of out of high school. Draft. Yep. Yeah. Outfielder. I can remember him splitting time when he was at, at Texas. Texas. Yeah. yeah. So, man, yeah, a lot of great athletes. Um, Tom Glavin. I just want to throw out oh, a Tom really? Glavin. He was a hockey player. <sighs> so we went like a lot of like football, baseball, one basketball, baseball. Tommy Glavin, yeah. the dude. I loved those old Brave teams. I know that you know that, but yeah, like there's a reason why my daughter is named Maddie. Okay, and then two old school shout outs, Jackie Robinson and Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe's probably the greatest athlete ever. Yeah, we probably so, missed yeah, on that probably, one. Probably good there. Mello is draft on draft time, and I, I appreciate you fighting through this podcast tonight. You, you have a cold. I do. I, I sound a little bit different tonight. Yeah, that's for a sure. little nasally. I had someone ask me on Twitter this week. They're like, hey, do you dip while you do the podcast? And I was like, no, I don't dip. And the, Wait, then was, does it sound like I do? Yeah, a little bit. Sunflower seeds occasionally. I yeah. You made me stop doing that. In the though. early days of the podcast, you would put in like a lipper of sunflower <laughs> seeds. Like They can hear you spitting into your styrofoam cup, man. Yeah. Come on. Whiskey had up. to... 
how do you eliminate that problem? All right. First question, draft on draft, at KS in Missouri. Is that Kansas in Missouri, I assume? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Kissing like in Missouri. Kissing in Missouri. Kissing Missouri. It's a, a good radio station name. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Kiss Missouri. All right, here's the question. I've been listening since episode one, but figured it was time to get more involved. I heard you all say that this year's draft has more depth than you originally thought. Do you think that the talent has gotten inflated just like the quarterback class does every year? So thanks for listening since episode one, most importantly. Yeah, I'm, and with the question here, it's tough to say. I think with this group of prospects, we had a lot of our bigger name guys get hurt, like Rodney Anderson was injured. And then some of them just, they weren't like the marquee known ga- names. Like Josh Rosen, we knew who he was for four years. Right. This year, like Josh Jacobs wasn't even a starter at Alabama. Quinton Williams. Right. Not a starter it, at Alabama. Even like David Montgomery is a big name, like, but he's playing at Iowa State. Yeah. Haskins is a one-year starter. I don't think that it's artificial. I think that because when I had that moment of like, oh, shit, this class is pretty good. It's when I was going through doing mock drafts. So I would get to like round four and be like, why is little Jordan Humphrey still on my board? Did I mess up? And like, no, he's a fourth round prospect. Like, it's just just how that this year's class looks. And now some guys, I think I had ranked too low and I've moved them up. Like I was too low on. LJ Collier. I was too low on Sean Bunting. I've moved those guys up, but I've also moved people down like Yadni Kajust. I've moved him down. I moved Hakeem Butler down. Um, so I, I think that there's been more of a correction overall. And you kind of walk away with, man, this class is just better than I thought it was. Well, and you also look at the quarterback class it really sets the pace for everything. It does. And it's not a great class. So I think that you look at the rest of it and you're like, oh, it's not a good class altogether. But really, if you take your eyes off the quarterback position, there's a lot of depth at yep. every position, except for like corner. Other than that, a lot of depth I everywhere. Actually, I like the depth at corner. I don't like the top end. Yeah, with guys like Greedy. Byron I, Murphy. Like, I, I think, think I like the round like, two corners better than the round one corner. Well, that's the way I feel about the quarterbacks. So. Right? Like, I mean, let's say Trayvon Mullen goes round two. I love him. Uh, I like Rocky Sin. I really like Sean Bunting. Yeah. I like Joe Juan Williams. I guess, yeah, there's some right the corner. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. I like corners five through eight as much as I do one through yeah, or four. Like, there's not a big drop-off. Even at, like, receiver, right. I have no fucking clue at receiver who's good and who's not. I know I like Nikhil Harry. After that, I don't even know. They're all, there's a lot of depth, I a lot of different guys. I like Hakeem Butler so much, and then I started charting, and yeah. the drops came up, and I was like, oh, man. He's, he's going to be one of those guys who makes the incredible catch. Mm-hmm. But also Braylon Edwards is the rest of them and just drops like a, a slant yeah. or something like that. But it's going to be frustrating. Yeah. That's for sure. All right. At Tim King 526. Been listening since about episode four ish. So finally <laughs> decided to ask a draft on draft question real quick. Did we say something like, hey, if you guys are listening know. and not asking a question, if we haven't. Hey, if you guys have been lurking, great time to ask a question. So Tim's actual question here. Anyways, it seems like you guys all agree that Haskins is the QB one of this draft class. So I just wanted to ask if this was a class where there's no doubt that he's the consensus first quarterback off the board, or is it more like last year where no one really knows what quarterback will be the first one drafted? Well, I'm going to let you go. I do not have him as number one. I'm going to let you finish. I I have Kyler Murray right now as my QB one in this class. It, I am not a fan of Haskins. I would not spend a first-round pick on him. I, if I were the Giants, the Jaguars, maybe even the Redskins, I would try to move out of those picks 
see what you can do. Like, there's some good options. Nick Foles is not a bad quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater, there's some veterans out there. Even, you know, Flacco going to the Broncos, not a bad move there. I'm just, I'm not very, not very high on this whole quarterback class. I will say you have... Uh, privately on the podcast, you've said, you know, like, I I don't see it with Haskins. I don't get it as much. And I actually sent you and Connor a text from a scout that I was talking to. And he was like, I don't see it with Haskins. And it was, so there are people out there, but I also think that you can look at players that you maybe don't like and see how the NFL would like them. Oh yeah. I mean, you just look at a stat line and I'm sure the NFL's not, but the dude completed 70% of his passes. Yeah, and that's incredible. The Big Ten's not bad defensively. So uh, I I think Haskins will be the first quarterback off the board. I have him as my number one quarterback, but it's like, for me, it's more like, I'm trying to think of a year to compare it to. There's, I guess there's really not one where it was like, I don't really love any of these quarterbacks, but I understand they're going to get drafted in the top 10. That's why you see my rankings. I think Haskins is around 16. Drew Locke and Kyler Murray are in the low 20s, you know, things like that. So it's just a tough year for quarterbacks. I don't love anyone. And that's hard for me because I I love quarterbacks. You know, like Jared Goff was my dude. I really liked last year's class. Like I liked the top four quarterbacks a lot last year. This year's just not that way at all. Eric Green 99. Hey, guys, was wondering who some candidates are that you think could be one of those very good players at the beginning of day two that people get excited for and maybe trade up to get. Thanks. Uh, One guy that came to mind for me was David Sills. I think he's a guy that in day two, maybe day three, with all this receiver depth, he's probably I know he says he's going to run great in the 40. If he doesn't, I think he's going to fall to those later rounds, and he's going to have a lot of production, a lot like a guy like Cooper Cup. He's going to be a great red zone threat. He catches everything. He's got good length. He just struggles to separate, and in the red zone, no one separates, so you can catch the ball in traffic. So I love that answer, but that was not his question. <laughs> what was he it? He asked guys who uh, would we would consider day two that someone would trade up to get at the end of day one. Oh, you what just heard three to? and two, I think. I think you thought you were thinking day three pick and would trade up, or you were texting. One of the two. Whoops. <laughs> so I do that shit all the time. It's fine. <laughs> I think, uh, to answer your actual question, Eric, what about someone like Jeffrey Simmons, who uh, tears your ACL late? Everyone agrees he was a top 10 pick in this draft or top 10 player. So someone could trade back in to get him and secure the fifth year on his contract. Because first round pick, you get five years. Team option for five. Second round pick, four years. So it's the difference between being picked 33 and 32 as an extra year the team yeah. can control you. So I could see that with Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, I don't think we're going to see any trade up for a quarterback like a Lamar Jackson uh, was last year. I think they'll all be gone before then. Yeah. I, I honestly, I hate to say this because I said this, I told like an assistant GM this, and I was like, I had this great idea and I wanted to help him out. So I gave him this. <laughs> Whatever. Dylan Cole in the seventh round. Yeah, that's true. So, (laughs) no, so my new take is I would would try to get running backs and wide receivers late first round because you have that fifth year. And if I could get a good running back in the 28 to 32 range, I would run that dude for five years and then see ya. Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, so like David Montgomery would be a great candidate. Devin Singletary. Even with the Packers pick right there, if they're not trading up, if I'm hearing the question right. <laughs> but you get a running back like that. I actually really like that idea because then you can run them into the ground yeah. for five years, maybe spend a franchise tag or two on them, and then see you later. I do that all the time. They'll have like these great ideas, and I'll like, oh, you should try this. To And sometimes uh, 
they're like, you're an idiot. <laughs> One of these days, when I do write my book, you know, the shit I couldn't say on the show or tweets I couldn't send, whatever I end up calling it, I have screenshots of me telling an AFC director of college scouting in January of 2017 that they should draft Pat Mahomes in the top and early. I can't say where because I get you know, <laughs> narrowed down early. And his reply to me was, yeah, Matt, that's a great idea because you don't get fired if you miss. Yeah. Well, I still have the screenshot. So one of these days. <laughs> that's a very Baker Mayfield move of you. Yeah. Well, we're both short. So <laughs> about the same arm strength. Uh, yeah. We both grow a mean beard. G underscore Greenlee six draft on draft with the edge rushers and quarterbacks headlining the draft and Jonah Williams arms being a potential cause for concern. What are the chances the Vikings can get him at 18? If not, Williams, what's the chances for Yadney? So we just talked about this a little bit, man. I would not draft Yadney Kajust in the first round. I know we were for a long time. And some of that is you watch a couple games and you have an opinion. And so you're like, oh, this guy's a first rounder. Now we're in that time of year where we watch all the games. I have put him in the middle of round two. I just don't think he's tough. So he's another guy that I really like too. And Connor and I have talked about him. But then Matt, as you alluded to, you really start to watch his film and break him down, and I think he comes off as lazy. I haven't watched every snap, every game of his yet, but there are a lot of plays where he quits a little bit early on, especially in the run game, which isn't a huge part at left tackle, but it's still a very big part of the game. Yeah. So Yadni Kajust, you could look for him, and I think in round two. Jonah Williams, man. I don't think 18. I don't think he'll be there. He's too good. Like I think some, even at guard or center, he's going right. to be taken before. At some that. point, people are going to be like, this is a an all-pro type player on the interior. We're going to make it work. Yeah. But we did see Connor Williams fall last year, and I, I thought he was the best tackle in the class. And They moved him to guard, and then he fell to the second round. There was a lot of good guard depth last year, though. Right, there really was. You know, that guy Quentin Nelson was pretty good at football. Yeah. Uh, Carson Trask, 19. Where would Haskins rank among last year's quarterback class? I saw this question come in, and I gave it a lot of thought. Um, I think fifth. You think fifth? So I... Because I had it Darnold, and then I had Rosen and Josh Allen tied, and then Baker, I think tied as well. If not tied, like just a smidge under there. Because I do it based on not, you know, one through... 400, but on a number grade, you know, so I don't think Haskins will be where I had Baker. And I think I would have him at four. If I remember, I had Darnold one, obviously. I think I actually had Baker two because I like his play on the field. I don't like him off the field. And then I had Rose in three. And then I'd probably put Haskins right there. Yeah. Because you didn't like Josh Allen. I didn't like Josh Allen. I hope the best for him. Don't. Seems Buffalo like Bills guy. fans, don't come at me. I just didn't like his play. Don't need the mafia. Yeah, I hope he's a pro bowler. Seems like a great kid, but I didn't like his game. So I'd probably have Haskins fourth in last year's class. Yeah, that that's fair. I mean, I like Haskins. I just really liked last year's quarterback class, too. So no yeah, disrespect so, there. And if he were in last year's class, honestly, as a first-year starter, he would probably, I would probably have him fifth, too. I would put Josh Allen ahead of him. Just because with one year starter, when you got all these other guys who have been doing it for a long time, I think that does say something. Where would you put? So you have it, Murray Locke. Is that your second quarterback? You need to release a big board. Yeah, I should probably make one and then, yeah, release one. Because I always think things like, where where do you have this? So, all right, next question. J underscore Rudy96. In honor of Valentine's Day, who are your draft crushes? So, draft crushes this year? I think you could do an all timer. And then this year. All-timer. 
I haven't been doing this for very long, but I really loved Puna Ford when no one else yep. did last year. I really liked this hey, game. I really thought one. he was going to be yeah. very special and should have been drafted, and he wasn't because he's five foot eleven. I loved Puna Ford last year. So my all timer is Michael Thomas, received for the Saints. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like just obnoxious <laughs> about that one, so that's pretty obvious. This year it's Josh Jacobs. Yeah, oh, for you, yeah. Obviously. I had I was uh, I was doing my. Uh, toilet research this morning you know that time in the <laughs> right, re- yeah. research and i was 30 minutes of- i was making a graphic that was like josh jacobs and like with hearts that said happy valentine's day and then i ended up doing i got distracted and didn't finish it but it looked good yeah, i think it finish it so we're recording on valentine's day i got to be a part of a proposal today what? i did not tell you that yeah i kind of buried the lead till the back end of the show yeah, you did <laughs> so today i had a work day where i was able to get a substitute and just work on some of our curriculum and stuff. Well, I was with two other girls. One of them, their boyfriend, decided he was going to propose today. So my small role was to keep her in the room we were working on. She couldn't go back to her classroom for any reason. Let me tell you, that was a stressful event because we had just went to lunch. She had just had a bunch of water, and it keeps running through my mind. What if she has to take a piss? How am I going to stop a grown woman from going to the bathroom? What am I going to say to her? But I did my job. She said, yes, they're happily engaged now. It almost had me thinking that maybe I'd just give up that 10K and... You thinking about doing it? You know, just hop back on the... On the horse. You want to get back on that wagon? Hell no. Show me the money, <laughs> man. Like I'm t- never doing it. It's 10, only $10,000. That's a lot of money. You know I'm what from? that reminded me of? We had a listener reach out and ask us to help with a uh, prom invite. So if you're listening to this, you need to hit me back up. Hey, it's I almost have, time. I get a lot of DMs, man, and I have lost your DM. So <laughs> hit me back up because I thought he was saying mid-February. So you know who you are. I don't remember your name. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude. I really don't. Just hit me back up. Get back yeah, in those We'll DMs. definitely do it. Yep. Last question. John P25 from iTunes. You all crushed it with the iTunes reviews this week. Keep them coming. We love it. What do you start with when evaluating a defensive back? Is it feet, hips, long speed, ball skills, etc.? Taking that into consideration, who best fits the Chiefs? So to answer your second question, I'm not going to answer your first one because it's different <laughs> for every team. So when I do my job nationally, I look at all those things, traits. But when if I were a scout for the Chiefs, I would say, okay, Steve Spagnuolo is our defensive coordinator. What does he want in a corner? Part of his job is to articulate, I'm going to run a zone scheme. So I'm looking for this. Or I'm going to run a man scheme. I'm looking for this. And Brett Veach is the GM. Part of his job is to articulate that to his scouts too. But the best fit for the Chiefs, in my opinion, is DeAndre Baker from Georgia. He's physical. He can play press. He is a great tackler. He has ball skills. And I think he could realistically be there at 29. I do too, or I th- I hope they make a move and they don't wait to get their corner. But like we've talked about, the second round has a lot of good talent. So I, even a guy like Julian Love in the second round would be a great fit. But they've got to go. They've got to go corner in the first round. But another thing that I really like to watch is can they mirror and match? Because in college, yeah. you can put your hands all over a receiver. In the NFL, you cannot. And I think that's a been a problem with a lot of teams is you get guys who are very physical corners in college but they can't stay with receivers in the NFL. So a guy like Byron Murphy, even, who does a pretty damn good job of marrying and matching, he's not going to have to worry about getting his hands on NFL receivers because he doesn't do that already. So for him, that's a great fit for a lot of college or NFL teams, especially the Chiefs. I would be very happy with him at 29, but I don't think he will be there. Yeah, no, I would absolutely love him. I'm 
Trayvon Mullen is probably my second pick for the Chiefs because I think similar guy, like big, physical, uh, could play a couple different coverages. That zone's probably better for him, but has ball skills, and we saw him show up in the national championship game. So, all right, man, that's our show. Uh, thanks to our guy Dexter Williams for hanging out with us. Go, go Irish. Uh, I know Connor's excited about that. We have a great week planned for you next week, starting Monday morning. We got some great interviews. Uh, I think we have... Uh, who do we have lined up? I can't. Even, I just went blank now. We have Dondre Walker lined up. We have Joe Juan Williams lined up. And it should be a fun week, man. It's almost combine time. So make sure if you want to come hang out with us at 2D Brewing Company or in Nashville at Honey Fire Barbecue or for a Kansas City Royals game, hit that Night Owl app. Uh, look for the pinned tweets on Twitter, on my account, Stick Football, probably on Mellows too. So uh, that's our show. We'll talk to you guys Monday morning.